1: happy tuesday welcome to fearless with jason whitlock i am jason whitlock your host it is the day after monday the day before a hump day it's tuesday and you know what happens every tuesday on this show we have a great show we put together a great show uh just for you for your enjoyment and entertainment i'm so thrilled and happy that you have decided to spend uh the next hour Hour and 15 minutes, hour and 30, hour and 45, two hours with I'm joking. We're going, I'm going to make a commitment today uh, to try to get everything off my chest in close to an hour. And I'm so happy uh, again that you have decided to spend this next hour or so uh, with me and the fearless crew, Steve Kim. Uh, will be here. The Korean Cosell, uh, the smartest man on the show, Delano Squires, he'll be here. Uh, Shamika Michelle, the most uh, beautiful woman talking about and smartest woman talking about politics and culture uh, in America, she'll be here. Uh, Uncle Jimmy, uh, perhaps the shortest person in all of uh, digital TV, he'll be here as well to talk about the, uh, my approval rating and how the show was and engage with Shamika. Uh, so we'll have the Korean Cosell, the smartest man on the show, the smartest woman and most beautiful woman talking culture and the shortest person in digital uh, TV. All of them here, just to please you. Of course, you guys know who I am. Uh, I am the incredibly shrinking Jason Whitlock. I got on the scale today and had good news, so I'm in a very good mood. Uh, So, uh, what did I say we were going to talk? Oh, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson. Uh, Delano has written a column about the so-called, the alleged, don't say gay bill in Florida. We'll talk about that. Uh, Shamika, why am I, it's slipping my mind. Shamika uh, has a couple of topics she wants to, oh, she wants to talk to me about uh, Rachel Levine. Uh, he was named one of uh, USA Today's Women of the Year. You know, he's some Biden appointee. Uh, and, and then she's got a question, uh, I think, about uh, D.L. Hughley and Kanye, that war. Is that the new Biggie Tupac? Uh, We'll get into that and then we'll do an approval rating on Deshaun Watson. Uh, So that's our show. So let me do what I like to do on this show and I'd start a fire. And then we'll uh, bring in the Korean Cosell and see if he can fan the flames or not. All right, Uh, so we live in an era absent of guiding principles and values. That's the cost of a secular culture. Warring political factions randomly enforce a code of conduct based on polls, special interest groups, and the acquisition of power. Starting tomorrow with the beginning of the NFL's crazy season of transactions and player movement, we will learn how our current ruling class plans to assess and or use quarterback Deshaun Watson. On the surface, it will be a difficult ruling. Watson spent the previous 10 months under a cloud of negative suspicion. Nearly two dozen women accused him of sexual assault or sexual misconduct. In the past week, a grand jury declined to indict him on criminal charges. Watson spun spun the grand jury's no bill as vindication of his innocence, tweeting, quote, when you stand on truth, the Lord will free you. Hallelujah, yes. (laughs) Again, we live in a godless era. Watson is a professed believer. Somehow he foolishly believes God intervened on his behalf in a dispute revolving around Watson propositioning multiple Instagram models slash massage therapists to provide him a happy ending. Lawyers set Watson free, not God. The truth is quite muddled as it relates to allegations leveled against Watson. But the bigger problem for Watson in the court of public opinion is, despite never being criminally indicted, a decade ago, the NFL suspended Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, six games for two messy public sexual assault allegations. The ruling class demanded that Commissioner Roger Goodell harshly punish Big Ben. Who is white? Will they demand the same for Watson, who is black? It seems unlikely. The spirit of the age dictates that depending on their political affiliation, we hold black men and white men to far different standards. Watson won't be the next Ben Roethlisberger. Watson will probably be the next Kobe Bryant the former NBA star who seemingly elevated his stardom by avoiding criminal prosecution resulting from a teenage woman accusing him of rape. Like Watson, at the age of 25, with the bulk of his career still in front of him, Bryant faced a salacious rape allegation he deemed false. Much of the mainstream media celebrated Bryant's ability to continue to play while the criminal prosecution loomed. When the criminal case dropped and the civil suit resolved, the media moved on and treated Brian as a deity. Brian's tragic and untimely death in a helicopter crash further expanded his religious-like following. It is now far safer in American society to mock and criticize Jesus than Kobe Bryant. The same fate could await Watson if he's able to lead a team to the Super Bowl. Within minutes of the grand jury's no bill, Influential NFL reporter Adam Shepard fired off a tweet announcing the news and insinuating the no-bill equated to exoneration. The rest of the media immediately, follow, immediately began speculating on which team might win the Watson sweepstakes. The quarterback demanded a trade last offseason and set out the 2021 season rather than play for the Houston Texans. Carolina Panthers, Cleveland Browns, New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, are reportedly leading the race to land Watson via trade. Watson's pariah status has basically disappeared overnight. Let me be clear. I don't have a problem with Watson reentering the league. I'm not bothered that a half dozen NFL teams express an interest in signing him. I won't be bothered if the NFL decides not to suspend Watson and considers the 2021 season as time served. I believe in second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. America is the land of opportunity. I love Michael Vick's second career in the NFL after serving prison time for dogfighting. I argued that former Cowboys defensive end Greg Hardy was worthy of football redemption after his domestic violence incident. I was no fan of Kobe Bryant's playing career, his impersonation of Michael Jordan, and his treatment of Shaquille O'Neal and other teammates. But I certainly believe he had every right to play basketball while the allegations against him were being resolved. And I loved how Brian represented and carried himself in retirement. What I don't like is racial hypocrisy and double standards. What I don't like is a society with no guiding principles or values. What I don't like is the fact that we pick and choose who is worthy of derision based on skin color. I don't like racism, regardless of the color of the perpetrator or the victim. Former Baylor football coach, Art Browse, is treated as a pariah because of a bogus narrative created by powerful people in need of a scapegoat for a campus-wide sexual assault problem at Baylor. The media accepted and sold that bogus narrative. Browse is white. He never assaulted anyone or was accused of assaulting anyone. But he's been deemed unworthy of redemption in the sports world. That's racist. It's also racist that modern American society will determine its level of outrage over the murder of black people based on the race of the murderer. Black people killing black people, (laughs) that's no big deal. It's inevitable and it's harmless. It's like abortion. It's a good thing. It's liberating. It's my murder, my choice. But when a white person kills a black person, the world must come to a halt and the actions of the victim are rendered irrelevant. That's racism. When a society rejects God, it rejects principles and values that lead to fairness, order, and harmony. In this world of disorder, Deshaun Watson will be a hero and a martyr. Oh, That's my fire for today. Uh, that's one of my favorite fires. I like that fire. Deshaun Watson uh, is rejoining the NFL. And seems to be a rejoining polite society in good standing. He's gonna. He's got a shot to be the next football's Kobe Bryant. He has a chance to be a hero and a martyr. And and and. I hope he does have success. I hope he stays out of trouble. I hope that when he retires. He carries himself and represents himself the way Kobe Bryant did in retirement. I, I'm tell I don't know what happened with Watson and the Instagram models. I don't I, I don't know if they this was a shakedown and people a bunch of opportunists trying to shake down Deshaun Watson and and a grand jury has decided uh they can't place criminal charges on this deal, that's good enough for me. I, I, again, I'm, I'm not someone that spends an incredible amount of time second-guessing the court system. Like a lot of people, a lot of football players think they're experts on the court system, and they spend all their time second-guessing the court system and taking knees and shaking down NFL ownership so they can readjust are change the criminal justice system. Those guys are all idiots. They're out over their skis. They don't know what they're talking about. Just shut up, play football, uh, use your money to support causes you believe in. But you're not experts. You're experts on football. You're experts on basketball. You don't know a damn thing about the criminal justice system, and, and you have no self-awareness. I happen to have a bit of self-awareness, so I'm no expert on what happened with Deshaun Watson and the 22 women that have made allegations against him. I have no problem with him re-entering the league. But I wish that everybody else would get in that mindset with me as it relates to anybody regardless of color. If Deshaun Watson can re-enter the NFL and and shake his pariah status because a grand jury didn't indict him on criminal charges, then Art Browse, seven years after the fact, having sexually assaulted no one, having been accused of sexually assaulting no one, should be allowed to coach again. And his whiteness shouldn't prevent him from receiving the same grace, mercy, second and third chances that we keep giving Black athletes. Uh, I think that's, it's not all I wanna say, but it's all I wanna say before I bring in the Korean Cosell from out in Los Angeles. Uh, Korean Cosell, uh, we'll start here. Uh, How should the media, the mainstream media, the talking heads on ESPN and Fox Sports and all the rest, how should they feel about Deshaun Watson and what should they say about Deshaun Watson if they were at all interested in fairness?
2: Well, that's the caveat, the last part. How they really feel and how they want to assuage public perception through social media about them as a person are totally different things. If they were interested in honesty and integrity, you know what they would say. I mean, it reminds me of what Uncle Jimmy brought up yesterday when that one writer who said, who would rather have Colin Kaepernick in the league more than Aaron Rodgers? Am I the only one? And I was like, yeah, you are the only one. But again, they all want to be invited to the barbecue. They want to please the audience. They want to be known as being down. or, Oh, he's one of the good ones. He's okay. But they're not being honest. And and I'll, I'll reference this again, one of my favorite sayings. It's the double standard, no standard. We'll have a double standard for the people we like or or we don't like, but we'll have no standard for the people we do. I'm with you. In terms of the legalities of it, Deshaun Watson now, as far as I'm concerned, he's good to go, he's good to go, he's good to play. We can't have it both ways and say, well, legally he's going through issues, he should be sidelined, and once those issues are cleared up in any way or form, Well, we can't have it both ways. So he's good to play as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But I I do feel it's interesting that we demonize certain players and we hold it against them for years at a time. It becomes a part of their legacy. It becomes a part of their reputation. In fact, it becomes a part of them as a player. But with others, you're right. They do become martyrs. And there's almost like this symbolic whiting out of that particular incident. And um It's interesting, with Kobe Bryant, you bring him up a lot, Jason. It's almost to a point that you can't even criticize him as a basketball player. Forget the fact of Eagle Colorado. I'm not even referencing that. But I remember a couple years ago, after he died, I brought up the fact that, in my opinion, his Game 7 in that 2011 or 10 championship where they beat the Celtics, where he shot 6 for 24, I thought it was one of the worst games ever played by a great player. People came at me like I was referencing the Eagle situation, and people were actually saying, Steve, rewatch that game. He was actually pretty good. And I'm thinking to myself, the lunacy of the cult of Kobe is to a point where a shooting guard shoots six for 24. That's a bad game. Okay? If Tony Gwynn went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, I don't care that he caught three routine uh, fly balls. It's a bad game. But that's the problem with hero worship. And, and the unfortunate part is, Jason, I believe that it has seeped into the media.
1: Well, it certainly has seeped into the media. And, and Steve, in, in a uh, biblical view, what we have is an idolatrous culture. And, you know, these celebrities are idols and they're placed on a pedestal that used to be reserved for God and and now i'm I'm just telling you kobe is a god to a lot of these people and if you have some sort of honest conversation about kobe uh you know you, you risk uh stirring up emotion in these people that see kobe as a god as if uh you have defiled or committed blasphemy, (laughs) Uh, and and, and it really is a statement about where our society, because even if, and and Steve, I don't know your religious belief or faith, if you have none or not, but but I think most people, I I would argue this to Bill Maher, who has been pretty hostile towards religion. I think Bill Maher is starting to figure out that when a culture has Judeo-Christian values and principles, it actually serves non-believers well, as well. That there are benefits to that for people that don't even believe in God because at at the essence of faith is a commitment to truth and honesty. And we've gone completely away from that. And now there's this little group of people in power over social media, over corporate media. They get to determine very indiscriminately, very randomly, who's the bad guy and who's the yep. good guy? And the rules keep fluctuating and changing depending on the skin color, depending on depending on the political stripe. You can call Clarence Thomas a man of great accomplishment. You can call this guy the biggest idiot in the world and and you know, say he's basically retarded. You can do the exact same to Ben Carson, a neurosurgeon. Yeah. You can call him every name in the book, Coon, Uncle Tom, idiot, blah. you can question every part of his intellect, and no one will bat an eye. And B- Clarence Thomas, Ben Carson, both black, obviously, uh, but because they're conservative, you can say anything. If, if you say LeBron is an idiot, people lose their mm. mind. And LeBron, mm. and I'm not sure, you know, LeBron, I don't know if he's ever really read a book, he certainly speaks in a way that doesn't make you think he's that smart. But you, you're better off calling Clarence Thomas, Ivy League educated, on the Supreme Court, a man of great educational, intellectual accomplishment. You're better off calling him an idiot well, than calling LeBron James, who's you know was escorted through junior high and high school because you know he was taller than everybody else and more athletic, and, and so. I, well, I don't know.
2: The, the whole thing just
1: offends me and upsets well, me. Go ahead. Well,
2: Jason, my sources tell me that LeBron is on page 17 of the Malcolm X uh, autobiography. He will get to chapter one by any means necessary. He'll have all summer. He's going to have some free time pretty soon. OK, couple things. Going back to Deshaun Watson, it got me thinking with the return of Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson, boy, that job market for Colin Kaepernick is really drying up. Okay, and the other thing is, no matter who gets Watson, they're still going to have to massage his ego. I still have an issue with the way he signed this huge extension with the Texans, who are obviously going to go all in on him, make him the face of the franchise, and and then he wants to start playing GM and owner. Deshaun, know your role. You are a very important piece of a franchise. You're a franchise quarterback. Some would call you elite. I think you're the most important player in Clemson history. You had no right to do that. Now, going back to Kobe real fast in terms of the idolatry that we have. Look, I'm one of the few Laker fans. I think I might be the only one. I I wasn't all in on Kobe. Uh, Jay, I'm kind of with you. I thought his last three, four years was an embarrassment to the franchise. He was a broken down player who other free agents did not want to play for. And I still remember when you came on for Colin Cowherd after his last game where he scored 16, and you were the one guy that had the guts. I mean, you were truly fearless that day. I remember going into the car, and I was very ambivalent about it because I said, thank God this era is over. Oh, my God. (laughs) This was like when Frank Sinatra would forget his lyrics. But at the end of the night, you said, okay, we still saw Sinatra. He did it his way. I thought it was an embarrassment to the organization that one guy – would never take a pay cut, unlike a Tim Duncan, to keep the franchise relevant. And it's to a point with Laker fans that when you say that, hey, he's the second greatest shooting guard ever, they almost want to start fights. And I'm thinking, guys, that's not an insult. But he's simply not Michael Jordan. In fact, it's really not that close in every single way. And when when Kobe Bryant passed away with that helicopter crash, I'll never forget it. You were still in L.A., it was like a pall went over the city, and I felt it too, because I still have a lot of great feelings towards Kobe. And it was a depression in our city for about two weeks. But the thing that stood out to me, and this is what your point of about worshiping mere mortals who only play basketball, this is not that important. People were out there at the Staples Center where they had this memorial for days at a time. I mean, people didn't leave. And I said to myself, and I saw this with Michael Jackson years ago when he passed away. Would you mourn that hard for a loved one? And I'm being dead serious. If your mother or father or a, or a grandparent passed away who was dear in your life, would you have the same intense feelings and would you be out there three, four days in memorial for them? Again, I go back to that term, warped priorities. Only thing I'll
1: disagree with you about Everything you just said there, Steve, was bringing Michael Jackson into it. Michael Jackson is exempt. He exists in a special place. I understood why people had those feelings about Michael Jackson. Uh, You know, I'm still in mourning about Michael Jackson. so am I. Jason, Jason, (laughs)
2: let me just say something. Any guy where bad is only his third best album, that's unbelievable. I, I still listen to it when I work out. Another part of me, the Captain EO soundtrack, all that stuff. But to be out there in front of his house for five, six days? Okay, okay. The
1: only reason I wasn't there is because I didn't know the address. Uh, let, me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you this question. Uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, what do you think Roger Goodell and the league office are going to do with this Deshaun Watson situation? Do you think they, they have no choice but to treat him like Ben Roethlisberger Or will they look at him sitting out 2021 and say, time served?
2: Uh, That's what I think. That's the easiest way to do it. And Roger Goodell, you know, has appeased the woke mob. You have said that. He has tried to deal and appease people that simply will not meet him in the middle. I don't think any of these commissioners really wants to do what's right. It, It really does make me miss a guy like David Stern. You know, what's interesting, when David Stern actually put in the dress code back in the late 90s, I vehemently disagreed. Now that I'm older, I kind of see where he was coming from, and I miss David Stern. In my view, the problem is, if you have a situation where Goodell takes a stand and shows some guts and says, wait a minute, we're going to have one standard here, people are going to come down on him and also the Players Association, and then Goodell, who's already taken heat for being overpaid and being the monarch of football, He's going to have some issues. But also, keep this in mind, he works for the owners. All of these owners want Deshaun Watson. So the guy that's going to invest heavily in him is going to tell Goodell, wait a minute, I'm, just, I'm paying this guy $45 million. I gave up 18 first-round draft choices. He's playing. Um, so it kind of reminds me um, of that Jimmy Johnson story, one of my favorite Jimmy Johnson story. Backup linebacker John Roper falls asleep. He cut him right on the spot. And someone asked him, well, what if it was Michael Irvin? And Jimmy goes, oh, if it was Michael Irvin, I'd come over there with a cup of coffee. And I said, Michael, this is kind of important now. Look, people get treated differently. That's the bottom line. And I have a question, though. For all those people that say the NFL is racist because of Colin Kaepernick, you brought up an example of Greg Hardy. Um, You can bring up Deshaun Watson. If you can play, the pigment of your skin is almost irrelevant. That's something that no one really talks about. These guys are getting second and third chances.
1: Well, Greg Hardy's a great example. He had a problem, a violent problem with a white woman. And if the league hmm. was really all that racist, nobody would have brought Greg Hardy back. Certainly not Jerry Jones, who allegedly, you <laughs> know, he's a bigot just like everybody else that owns an NFL team. Uh, and and so the whole little racial politics where it just goes to my overall guiding thought principle is that there are no guiding principles and values leading this country. Everything's being made up as we go. And and Goodell is sitting there in a tough spot where because I I think if he if he gave Watson a four game suspension, a six game suspension, because I think Ben got six and then it reduced to four. Uh, And so if he gives Watson a similar punishment, I think there's a chance Watson files a discrimination lawsuit Mm -hmm. against the National Football League. I I really do. Whereas Ben Roethlisberger can't do that. One, he's white. Two, public sentiment was (laughs) public sentiment was so against him that, you know, it would have only made things worse. Whereas in this new America where there is, there is no standard other than what the people in power say, uh, I can see Don, Deshaun Watson being so emboldened that he says, you know what, I'm gonna take on the NFL uh, the same way Brian Flores did, who's you know, still drawing a check in the NFL. Uh, I, I, I could see him doing that. And, and what, what Roger Goodell does not want to happen is have this situation, this controversy, expand and become even bigger, and all of a sudden draws him in. And this is why I've always said from the outset, when good, and I said this at the outset, when Peter King, and I like Peter King, uh, you know, Monday Morning Quarterback, long time, and now it's Football Morning in America, long one of the great NFL journalists. But Peter King and the NFL journalists talked Roger Goodell into attaching his legacy into being the commissioner that cleaned up the off the field issues. I'm the law and order commissioner. I'm the new sheriff in town. And I wrote at the very outset of this like, this is a gigantic mistake. There's a reason why uh, there have been 45 U.S. presidents and more than 90 attorney generals because (laughs) attorney generals get run They don't finish out their terms. They get run uh, because criminal justice, law and order is so messy and so complicated that sometimes you have to dust your hands of them, whoever the attorney general is. So you sink your teeth and, oh, I'm going to be the sheriff. I'm going to be in charge of crime and punishment in the NFL. You're basically signing up to shorten your career. Goodell made a horrible mistake going down this road. They should have appointed someone to be the law and order sheriff of the NFL. Give that per should you know give that person give that job to someone like me someone with the ball who don't care and who can out argue all the idiots over Twitter and in corporate media I'd clown suit all these racial double standard cl- publicly and hey come come here we'll we'll, we'll do this debate on mm-hmm. in public me you Jamel Hill Bermany Jones Ryan Clark all the idiots just trash them one by one man anyway, you you get the final thought and then I, I gotta go.
2: Yeah, well, here's the interesting thing: the Ben Roethlisberger situation that led to a suspension came before the Me Too movement. The Sean Watsons came right in the heart of it, and so it goes back to a situation that I told you about in boxing about three, four, five months ago. There's a young fighter by the name of Rolly Romero. He was set to face Devonta Davis in December on a pay per view card. Then all of a sudden, over Twitter and social media, various females came out with allegations of of sexual misconduct and some really salacious stuff. And Rolly Romero, without being charged with anything, was stricken from the fight. Months later, it turns out after investigations, police reports, nothing came of it. And this young man, who's now going to face Tank Davis in a couple of months on a pay per view, well, he lost out on some Christmas money. We have to be very careful here. At what point do allegations trump actual evidence? One of the biggest flaws of the Me Too movement is believe all women. Okay. What about the actual evidence? Facts matter. And and I I felt bad for Roley Romero. And I'm not saying that he's a choir boy or that he's going to win the Lady Bing trophy for sportsmanship and, and being a congenial gentleman. But the way he got, for lack of a better term, railroaded and delayed out of this fight is something that's interesting. But you're right. In terms of double standards, it's interesting. Ben Roethlisberger may actually get a harsher punishment for what he did pre Me Too then Deshaun Watson right in the heart of it. This is where right now Roger Goodell is truly on the spot. Steve, got to let you go. I got to keep it moving. Uh, Thank you. Great job.
1: Uh, I want to tell you guys about my friends at Good Ranchers. I'm going to tell a personal story. Uh, I'm going to read you the text I got this morning uh, from my mother uh, around 10 a.m. today. Uh, Keep standing on truth. Thank you for loving me. You know food has gone through the roof, so the package from Good Ranchers will be a lifesaver. Thank you again. Love you in all caps. Smiley face with the two hearts in the eyes. That's my mother. And that's not any sort of script. That's not, that's just real life and what you can do for people that you love in this time and 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 regardless of your situation because you know people that watch this show come from all walks of life there's some super wealthy people that love this show there are working class poor people that love this show black white brown whatever uh some people that are religious love this show some people who are not religious love this show and i appreciate all of you i think what uh all of us are experiencing in this unique time in American history and in this unique economy we have going on with inflation, how can we help the people that we love? And look, I give my mother a nice allowance. She lives well, uh, but this inflation is real. Is re- it may not be real to me, but it is certainly real to my mother. My mother was a lifelong factory worker. She retired after 30 years kind of early because her mother had Alzheimer's. And so her retirement isn't what it could have been. Uh, Her social security isn't what it could have been. Uh, She made some different decisions. Anyway, I helped my mother out, but all of us have people in our lives Who are hurting right now during this time of inflation, good ranchers, sending them food just as a thank you, just as a, hey, I know things are tough. Again, I keep talking about this fearless army, and I keep talking about men standing up and doing what we're supposed to do, providing and taking care of the people that we love and the people that helped us have success in this life. The people that provided us a foundation to build something better for ourselves. You don't have to wait until Christmas. You don't have to wait until Mother's Day. You don't have to wait until whatever these pre-described holidays that the government has set aside you can go to goodrancherscom fearless and hook your mother up, hook your auntie up, hook your cousin up, hook your girlfriend's mother up, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law. They are hurting during this time of inflation. We all are. Some of us, it doesn't hurt as much because we live in a bit of a fantasy world. But there are other working class people that we all know, love, who could really use a thank you, some thoughts, nothing better with these skyrocketing costs at the grocery store. There's nothing better you can do than go to goodranches.com slash fearless or use the promo code fearless and send someone you care about, someone who helped you. You can now help them by sending them Good Ranchers Meat, you're supporting American farmers, you're supporting American ranchers, you're supporting a company that supports you and your values. If you're serious about what you can do to help this country in this time of chaos and stupidity and people coming after our values, the values that made this country great, a small thing you can do, and hopefully you'll get a note from your mother, father, uncle auntie somebody just like i got say hey i thank you in this time this actually really helps Sent my mother i think the cowboy box and the seafood box hook someone up you love go to slash fearless get you a thank you note like i just got from my mother uh that if you want to be a good soldier support the troops Support the people to put you through basic training. All right, uh, Professor D. Delano, next. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's go to get down to business. Uh, let's roll out to Washington, D.C., and bring in the smartest man on the show, uh, Delano Squires. Delano's written a column about a topic Uh, that's been bubbling, and I'm glad uh, Delano wrote about this because I haven't fully understood this topic and this controversy. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis, either today or yesterday, uh, had a little interesting uh, engagement about this don't say gay bill in Florida, and and Delano kind of has a takeoff on that about the media laundering bad information, and it works just like money laundering, how they change the words. and things. So I, I wanna start by playing the clip from Governor DeSantis in Florida and his engagement with a reporter who asked him about the don't say gay bill. Play the clip.
2: Ask the seven, Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill?
0: I'm asking I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because I'm you are you pushing that. false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say.
2: Well it says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. I for know. who? For for grades pre-K
0: through three. So five year olds, six year olds, seven year olds, and um The idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're gonna make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum.
1: Boom. Boom, love it. Love the way DeSantis handled that reporter, loved his explanation, because I, I, I haven't fully understood this issue, because I kind of got caught up, they kept the don't say gay, and I'm like, so Florida has some bill that says don't say gay? And, and now I have a much deeper understanding or more complete understanding. It's like, hey man, K through third grade, we don't want teachers talking about sexuality. I got no problem with that. A long time ago, I went through K through third grade. I don't need a teacher talking to me about sexuality. My parents can do that if they wanted to. It's their job. I'm their kid. I'm their responsibility. Teachers are there to teach reading, writing, and arithmetic. They don't need to be teaching sexuality. To little kids. I wish they'd pass this K through 12. But, you know. <laughs> anyway, Delano wrote about it. And so, Delano, I would like for you to expound on uh, your point and, and, you know, take the conversation wherever you want to go. Uh, you wrote an excellent column, but please expound and elaborate.
0: Sure. And, and as you said, Jason,
1: I, I use the quote
0: unquote, don't say gay bill, right? Which is really about parental rights and education as a as an, a prime example of how the corporate press engages in what I call media laundering operations at the behest of the ruling class, elected officials, big business and, and activists, whose entire sort of reason for existence is to push sort of leftist ideology and narratives, right? So. Um, the the don't say gay bill is the perfect example of that because what ends up happening is that you have a good number of people I don't know if I can say majority because I don't have the data but a lot of people who feel like the bill actually says that teachers can't use the word gay in a classroom. Now, again that begs the question in in what context would a teacher be talking about sexuality and gender identity anyway to kids in K through um, third grade but the bill doesn't say, say that. It, the various versions are between five and seven pages long. Anyone who's interested in it could, could read it. But what the media does is, is similar to what um, people engage in illegal activities, drug trafficking, for instance, do with money laundering, right? It's a three-step process. They um, introduce dirty money into f- legitimate financial institutions. That's called placement they make it so that it's hard to track the source of the money by you know, various bookkeeping tricks and moving money around, that's called layering. And then the third step, once the money is clean, quote unquote, is um, called integration. So now whoever is doing that dirty business can withdraw that money, it's, it's been washed, and they can use it for whatever purpose they want. Um, the media acts as that type of, they, they engage in a similar process with information, right? So. a a topic is introduced to sort of the political or cultural sphere. So this one is, you know, appropriate um, classroom instruction. Then they move to the step that I call confusion, which I just want to be, you know, completely straightforward, which is all about obfuscating the real facts and the real issues at the heart of the debate by engaging in ad hominem, using euphemisms, making appeals to emotion, tone policing, and then once the idea, the dirty idea, and I would say that trying to introduce young children to gender confusion is a dirty idea, once that idea has been washed, right, they can then um, use it in, this is what I call the acceptance stage, and use the preferred narrative as a club to beat people over the head and into submission with. So now you go from a bill that says a school can't, for instance, um, tell your three-year-old that boys can be girls and girls can be boys and you may be born in the wrong body and you may be a different gender than the one you've been assigned at birth. And what, what is spit out at the other end is, oh, the school doesn't want teachers or kids being able to say the word gay. And if, and if you do, then they're gonna come and lock you up. And that's, that is what media laundering looks like. And I could go through that same process on the issue of abortion, on the issue of COVID, um, on any, on policing, it's, it's the same process that they use from issue to issue. And the ultimate impact, Jason, is that it keeps the public misinformed, um, ignorant, and unable to discern truth, and it keeps the left in power.
1: I, I love the analogy, and I'm wondering if you ever saw the movie uh, Scarface, uh, I did. Al Pacino movie a uh, Scarface and so when I think of the bank whereas Tony Montana was taking all of his money the bank where the money gets laundered is social media and particularly mm. Twitter that's where language and messages f- f- by the media you take it to social media and you launder it and, and you that's where you create all this confusion and and so you know, basically, Twitter is Chase or whatever, some national <laughs> bank, what, whatever. It, 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 it's, that's their job. And I, I look at the issue of policing and, and, and how Twitter was so effective at convincing a wide swath of America to believe, oh my God, the police are just out murdering black men randomly. It's an epidemic they had everybody worked up into this fever pitch like every day the police were gunning down black men and this existed over twitter because you were rewarded for for pushing that narrative and for Mm -hmm. tweeting out if you're lebron james we can't even go outside we're being hunted And, and, and 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 i'm sitting here like Damn, you know how long I've been going outside? (laughs) I mean, my, when I was a little kid, like, my mother had to come looking for me because I loved to be outside. I never felt hunted. Mm. I I just, but you could only push that at this corrupt bank called Twitter, and, and I just, we have no one, at least we, or we used to have people that oversaw banks and tried to uh, police their behavior. But I don't think anybody is policing this language laundering, media laundering. No one's policing that, Delano. I don't know if it can be fixed. I think you make a great point, Jason, and I'm glad we started
0: with the clip that we did because I think what we see is, as you said, there are not very many people who are um, policing this issue at the source level right at the bank level but Rick DeSantis is one person who's prosecuting it um, at the at the um, conglomerate level right the, he's he's prosecuting the interests who want to push dirty ideas in into the mainstream and he he does it in a way that for a lot of people will remind them of of Trump right he's got the, the hand motions and he has the same sort of cadence but to be quite frank, he's he's much more informed on, on the issues. He can get down to the nitty-gritty in much more consistently than the former president can. Um, and he never really loses his cool. Uh, I think part of that is pr- he probably stays off of Twitter, which is a good thing for him. But he's not afraid to take the fight directly to the left and to push back vigorously on on their narratives. And we need more elected officials. We need more academics. We need more political pundits, more business leaders who really have the courage and the heart to do that consistently and not cede any ground to the left on these issues. So, for instance, again, I I talked about that particular bill and and gender identity, sexuality in the classroom, right? Schools or the people pushing this should, the ones, Jason, that um, are on TikTok over the last two weeks, having videos where all they say is gay for, for 45 seconds. Gay, 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 gay. Those people should be made to answer the question, why is it that you want so desperately to talk to our children about gender identity and particularly to do it in a way in which their parents are not fully informed and give their consent? Why is that? And they should have to, we should stay there until I answer that question. Same thing with abortion. If the Democrats want to push uh, uh, bills that lift all restrictions as long as a doctor certifies that an abortion is done for the sake of a woman's life or health, which could certainly include mental health. Come and tell us, Democrats, why is it you think that uh, a woman should be able to abort a child up until the moment of birth? Do, do you believe that life has inherent value or does it have conditional value? They should be made to, to answer these questions. And I think what ends up happening, and you used the, the example of policing, is that Um, repeated and sort of long-term conditioning in this way, right? If you're a person and you get your news sources from CNN, MSNBC, The Washington Post, New York Times, The Atlantic, Vox, Slate, and Salon, you are getting the same narrative just washed over you time and time and again. And if you're like many of us who have a limited attention span, you look at the headlines and you draw sort of a conclusion based on what, you know, the the outlet um, puts in the headline, but then what ends up happening is you have black folk who are afraid to walk out of their house. They're anxious, they're neurotic in ways that they should not be. They are, we are unable to properly assess threats because we'll say, oh man, I just saw a white guy drive down the street in my neighborhood. But you know, the guys who, who use the street like it's the OK Corral, oh, those guys are no big deal because I never hear about those things because it's really, if I look on CNN, they tell me that the biggest threat to my life is a white person. Same thing with COVID. Jason, I went to the playground the other day, right? It was 60 degrees. Wife was out there with the kids. I I met them at the playground with some other friends. I'd say at least 80% of the kids were wearing masks on the playground. Part of that is because where where I live, which is overwhelmingly black, the county I live in, the neighborhood I live in, black folk of all sort of economic strata, have been told over and over and over again, COVID attacks black people specifically. You have to wear your mask, it's protecting you. So now you have two and three and four year olds walking around with droopy masks on their face, not even able to breathe fresh air on, on the playground. And, and I feel bad for them because I don't know when them when when their parents are going to come out of that neuroses. These are probably still people who was spraying the groceries with hand sanitizer when they come through the door. And to me, that type of thing, it's not loving, it's not kind, I think it's cruel and unusual punishment. If you love people, you should deal with them truthfully, you should give them a set of facts, you should give them sort of both sides of an issue and allow them to draw their own conclusions. But when you, when you use the proved narratives like a club and beat people over the head and beat them into submission, right? And then you turn around and say, look at all the people who agree with me. As I said, I, I think that's extremely cruel Um, and unfair to the people who who sort of suffer from this media laundering.
1: Delano, I got one final question. I'm gonna let you go uh, and I'm gonna go back to the beginning of your answer because you said something, some things about Ron DeSantis that I think mirror my thoughts. When I watched that video at the top of this segment, the first thing that ran through my mind is like, man, that's presidential. That, that's mm-hmm. what we need in a president. And and then as I was watching the clip, I was like, man, he, he, let's say that Trump is determined to run again and all the polls say that he should run again. Guy will be 80. I was like, oh my God, if they could get DeSantis as the vice president. And so if something happens to Trump health wise or whatever, that DeSantis would be you know second in line or whatever. That would be the perfect perhaps combination, but I, I did watching him do that. I was like, "Damn th- this is classy Donald Trump, and mm. you know this is what we need in a president, and I'm just wondering if that's is that the thought that was running through your head as well
0: yeah I mean I've seen DeSantis you know for a little for a little while, and and I could tell again you he it's, it's almost like when you watch videos of um, sometimes on YouTube, they'll layer videos of Kobe over Jordan, and you can see how he's doing a head fake at the same spot on the court, right? And when you see DeSantis, you know, speaking in public, he, he mimics some of the same hand movements, the same cadence, the same sort of uh, uh, gestures as, as as the former president. Um, I don't—this is my sort of my political analysis. I, there is no context in which I think that Donald Trump would be a better candidate in 2024 than Ron DeSantis. I, I think you need a pit bull, I think you need a fighter, but I think you need someone who knows what they're talking about and, and who is not as um, prone to emotional outbursts as the former president. And some people may not wanna hear me say that, that doesn't mean it's not true. So you, you need someone who is fearless, but can fight within sort of the, the bounds of play. And I think Ron DeSantis is that person, he, obviously he's younger, He's 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 a fresh face, he really has governed as a national leader in COVID because he has taken some positions. Jason, he's, he's, he's not an NFL owner. He doesn't put his finger up to the wind and figure out which way everybody else is going. He says, I'm looking at data. I'm using common sense. I'm looking at the role of government in the lives of, of Florida citizens. And I'm going to make the best decision I think um, I can for my citizens. And I'm going to stand with my 10 toes down and I'm going to fight whoever may come and criticize me. And then when one, when all y'all people from the blue states come down to Florida, I'm going to I'm going to point that out to you and say, if Florida's so bad, why would you come here? And then two, when all of the folks in the blue states end up doing exactly what we're doing, for the same reasons, six months later, I can stand and say, you know what? Yeah, that that sounds nice. I'm glad you know other states are opening up, but we showed how to handle the pandemic in the midst of it, and we did it in the face of media criticism. That is the type of person that Republicans need if if they want to sort of grow their base and and sort of keep some of that uh, Trump energy alive without some of the baggage.
1: Thank you, D. Great job as always. Uh, Fantastic. All right. Let me tell you guys about ZStack with all the disinformation about COVID, it's easy to start to think it's no longer a threat. But every one of us knows someone who has gotten seriously ill during the pandemic. The best way to fight COVID is to plan ahead. That's why you need to take ZStack, the supplement specifically formulated to prevent and fight COVID ZStack has helped me personally in my battle against the omicron variant it was created by dr vladimir zelenko who also helped me it contains zinc quercetin vitamin c and vitamin d all of these combined to give your immune system the special boost it needs to fight this virus off ZStack is kosher and gmp certified but most importantly It's produced right here in the good old US of A. Go to zstacklife.com slash fearless and enter the promo code fearless to get 5% off your first order. Now is the time for you to start taking back control of your health and the health of your family. zstacklife.com slash fearless, promo code fearless. I've already told you it's personal with me, Dr. Zelenko helped me out. Uh, I take ZStack daily, Uh, look, I'm not a big supporter of the vaccine. Uh, I think I've made that clear. I am a big supporter of taking COVID seriously and doing things like you guys have been hearing me talk about. I've been fighting my gluttony and obesity and taking steps to try to correct that. And I'm taking Z-Stack and supplements to promote my immune system health. You have to take control of your life. Z-Stack can help you do that. You guys saw Zelenko right here on this show. You know he's one of us. Be a good soldier. Support him. Support yourself. All right, uh, Shamok's show, next.
3: We must exist in a state of man glorious as we are protected by the red, the white, and the blue. But remember, the mind is the key. The fearless soldier pledges to place God first and foremost in his everyday endeavors of life. We, the fearless army, are one nation under God, indivisible with freedom and a belief in the American dream. The men bold enough to join our movement comprise what we like to call the new dream team. We are leaders of our families, our churches, and And of of this this nation. nation. We reject the seeds of division that are planted by corporate media misinformation. We affirm that all men are created equal and are endowed with inalienable rights, which are granted by our Heavenly Father. We are bound by honor to accept God's challenge, to take the flag and lead, to cherish, to protect, and to nurture, the life of our unborn seed I am a fearless soldier So shed no tears for me I am not a victim I am the man that God made me to be Amen
1: All right, welcome back. Time for some shemoke. Uh Shamika Michelle uh, is going to join us. And Shamika, I've been uh, following your uh, Twitter feed uh, this morning, and you seem to be a little upset about USA Today's uh, Women of the Year uh, poll. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure I don't know how they missed you as one of the women of the year as well. So I'm sure you're upset about that. But maybe all women should be upset or a lot of women should be upset. Uh, Rachel Levine, he has been named as one of the women of the year. He's got some job in the Biden administration uh, related to health. He's he's transgender. He's uh, transgender. He's, he's one of the women of the year, and I, I, I think you're a little, how do you
4: feel about it? I'm tired, Jason. I'm sick of it. As a woman who carried and birthed three children, something he will never be able to do, I am tired. And I think that all women should be just as infuriated as I am. Jason, I feel like we've been turning a blind eye to mental illness for a long time. Now, I know you had Royce on the show yesterday and he talks about... Uh, mental health as being the human condition. Well, if this is the human condition, we're sick. We're on life support because there is no way that we can continue to allow men to think they're women and women to think they are men. Now, as you and Delano just discussed, we have states such as Florida and other, other states having to argue about whether or not we uh, inflict this type of mental illness on children. And I would like to go on record, Jason, as saying there is no such thing as a sex change. See, we've allowed them to kind of inch by inch had us, you know, thinking certain things. There's no such thing. Why? Because sex is determined by your chromosomes. So you are either XX or you're XY. Now you can go and get by yourself a set of boobs. I wish I could after nursing three kids. Mine are like two socks of rocks in the bottom. You can cut your penis off. However, If you cannot change your chromosomes, you cannot change your sex. And because of this, Rachel Levine is not a woman. Why? Because a woman is an adult female, which is determined, male or female, is determined by your sex, which we just determined is determined by your chromosomes. So if you can't do that, we really have to start putting our foot down and say no more of this foolishness, no more of this craziness, no more of this mental illness. Now, if a a woman wants to call herself he or him, they or them, Okay, then that's her mental illness. But when you think that I have to now agree that a man can be a woman or a woman can be a man, which from the very beginning is determined by chromosomes, I can't do it no more. And I can't I can't keep playing this game with them. It has gone way too far.
1: This really connects back, Shamika, to the beginning of the show and when I was talking about How we've become a secular culture. There are no guiding principles or values that we agree on that are leading this country. Uh, and so it's all just being made up on the go by whomever's in power. And so the people in power right now, social media, politi- politics, uh, the culture, the zeitgeist, have all said that uh, truth. Is irrelevant. Truth is all just personal, personal choice, personal feelings, and so Rachel Levine gets to live out his truth as a woman, and 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 I get look. Maybe he and Caitlyn Jenner, uh, maybe they like dressing up in women's clothing. That's men. Radar from Mash. He liked to dress up in women's clothing, and he Mm -hmm. was still a man. And and so just because you like to dress up, I'm telling you, on Saturday nights, I call myself dressing up like Denzel Washington. A lot of women don't go for it and say, you're just not quite Denzel. I know you're dressing up and you're trying to play that part, but you're not. And and so that's my mental illness, that I think I'm Denzel Washington. And, And so... I don't have a problem when someone points that out. Like, nah, man, you Jason Whitlock, you know, you still pushing three bills. Uh, You know, you know, there's some positives and negatives. I I get it, but we just—I'm telling you, this whole show and the whole conceit of this show just moving forward is like we have to move back to truth. If we don't, if we don't move back to truth, we're gonna have chaos dissension, disharmony, a lack of order. Uh, and the country is just going to continue to fall into ruins because there's such a hostility to truth. And yet truth is uncomfortable. And and, and th- that's its power. That, that's why it heals you. That's why they say the truth will set you free. And so I can run around in denial and ah, I'm not overweight. I'm just big boned. Well, that's gonna have consequences. Or I can deal with the truth, eat less, exercise more, and and get in better shape and live a longer, more fulfilling life. And 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 I, Rachel Levine, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, need to accept their men who like to dress up in women's clothing, and and i would i would be perfectly fine with that if they ignore i'm a man i like to dress up in women's clothing i can deal with that but i cannot deal with oh now i have to pretend like you're a woman you're not you're a man that likes to dress
4: up in women's clothing enough said right and there was a student at georgia tech protesting yesterday saying that science says Men can be women, or you know, that's actually a woman. Science does not say that. Nowhere in science does it say that you can actually be like change your sex. That's not science and that is not truth. And we're getting so far away from truth that. It's, it's crazy, Jason, and it just bothers me so much. Like you said, the truth shall make us free. So unless we really grab hold to the truth, we're going to be in bondage. And that is how it's beginning to feel in a, a place where we, we're supposed to love and have freedom. So I just can't really go with this anymore, Jason. I have to put my foot down. I'm not gonna be calling somebody a male, I mean a woman or a man just because that's what they want. I'm not doing it. If you can't show me biologically that you can actually change your sex, I'm going with your sex can't be changed. You are male or female from the time the egg and the sperm meet. Period. And if you, unless you can change that, you can't change my mind.
1: All right. Uh, we're going to pivot. Uh, Shamika, actually, uh, before we get to the approval rating, has a question uh, she wants to ask Uncle Jimmy. And and I'm going to segue into this by saying when I first met Jimmy back in Kansas City, uh, J- I can remember meeting Jimmy going, how tall are you? And Jimmy says six foot one. And... and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and th- then you asked me how much I weighed and I said 215 uh, you said <laughs> but anyway
3: anyway uh Shamika we was like 11 and 12 years old <laughs>
2: Obviously. <laughs> now, 11
1: and I was 215 which may be more accurate than that. <laughs> I'm just anyway uh Shamika you have a question for uh Uncle Jimmy
4: I do. So, Uncle Jimmy, over the weekend, it was Sunday, actually. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when, well, actually last week maybe or the week before, that DL Hughley came out and had something to say about what was happening between Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Well, obviously, what we had to say didn't get back to Kanye, but what DL had to say did. And he was not happy about it. Kanye put up a series of videos on Sunday, and then he also put up a message threatening D.L. Hughley, where at the end of the message, he says, And D.L. Hughley is a pawn. Yeah, I know a king not supposed to address a pawn, but I address everything and find addresses. D.L., so don't speak on me or my children. I can afford to hurt you. DL, in a series of tweets, came back. One of those tweets, however, hit really hard. And DL says, hmm, ain't it weird that Kanye supposedly has all these goons who will kill for him, but not one of them will get his prescriptions filled? Here's a thought. While you're on your way to kill me in Calabasas, how about somebody drop by CBS and pick up his Xanax? LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I watched this in real time. And let me tell you, it was something to see. My question Mm. for you, Uncle Jimmy, is Kanye West and DL Hughley the new Tupac and Biggie?
3: Mm. Emphatically, without me even... Taking time to think about it, the answer to that one is hell yes.
1: Who's Tupac and who's Biggie? It's
3: clear. Kanye thinks he's Tupac. Remember, I mean, let's keep this real, man. Tupac is a rapper, is a rapper who got caught up in the lyrics and went into life thinking that he was a gangster. He and let's let's be real. If we're gonna talk about this, we don't ever talk about this about the Tupac Murk. You do realize Tupac's biggest mistake was thinking that he was a gangster and going out there in Vegas, getting into a, a, a real gangster squabble, right? Well, I mean, he hanging out there with them real gangsters. That's what happened to me right now. Honest to goodness. Kanye is now trying to show his gangster side. He was a rapper and now he's showing his gangster. One of the tweets, Shamika that I had read that Kanye uh, sent to DL told DL, Hey man, I got enough money. I can make you disappear. You know, I mean, that's, that's what he said. So this whole thing, you know, th- that's a great analogy. Is this Biggie and Tupac? Because we, we sat back and watched it. We listened to the music, and it was fun. I listened to D.L.'s take. D.L.'s cracking a little joke, talking about Kanye's mental illness, talking about he really, he's really not taking his medicine. I mean, let me be very, 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 very honest with you about Kanye right now. Kanye is in a bad place. Anytime you're sitting up here, your wife is divorcing, your wife, your wife don't want to be with you, but you still referring to her as my wife. Don't be talking about my wife. Hey, man, Kanye is in a dark place. Kanye is a brother with some mental illness. And when you start mixing real life in with mental illness, it don't always end up good. And Kanye's. Run around here trying to act like he got. Man, Kanye's so damn stupid. Kanye would kill himself and everybody else just to, just to prove a point, just to get some likes. And I don't
1: think it's funny. Mm. Uh, that was some of your best work. Uh, Shamika, uh, your thoughts.
4: No, I don't think they're the new uh, Tupac and Biggie. Simply because with Tupac and Biggie, they were both beloved. I think that uh, DL could die, and most black people wouldn't care. The same way they didn't care when he passed out on stage from COVID. I, I think they would lift him in those uh, pros- those shoes, those you know those uh, wedge shoes that he wears to make himself a little taller. I think that they would lift him right on off, and we would. You know, he would go on to glory and no one would really care. He used to be a king of comedy. Now he's just an a, a old washed-up radio host.
1: <laughs> mm. oh. Damn. I, I, I don't think this will be Biggie and Pac just because, you know, Biggie and certainly Pac and Biggie tried to really authentically live in those gangster worlds. And, and uh, that thing was, you know, you're associated with Suge Knight, uh, who is definitely a gangster, and, and Diddy <clears throat> tried to run in that world a little bit too. Uh, then he ran into a real one out in LA, I think Mike Concepcion or whatever that actually is, like, <laughs> anyway, exactly. I, I don't wanna, go, I don't wanna exactly. go too far with it, but I don't think it's gonna end up like that, but I, I do think Jimmy's point of like, hey, Kanye's got a serious issue. Th- this, this, you know, he smells a little OJ Simpson-esque to me, uh, and, and, and I like some of what Kanye does and thinks he's a talented guy, but he's starting to smell like OJ. And I think DL, out of compassion and just concern, probably should just stand down and try to let professionals handle this rather than clout chase. Mm. Uh, And so that's what's happening there, a lot of clout chasing, but uh, Shamika, good stuff. Uh, Good questions. Uh, Good job, Uncle Jimmy. Let's get to our approval rating. Let's knock this out quick. Uh, Deshaun Watson is our approval rate. Oh, wow, I, I have gone down uh, quite significantly. He didn't play all last year, so I don't know how you can give him anything in job performance, so I'm down to a zero in job performance for Deshaun Watson. I give him a 20.
3: Granted, he, he ain't got no job, but after the court's done cleared him, somebody gonna give him a job,
1: mm. no matter what. So he gets a 20 from me. Yeah, that's. I guess that's kind of like going through uh, child support payment court, and. The judge rules in your favor. and You feel like a new man coming out of there. Uh. <laughs> no, it's like going through Charles Port and it's like,
3: you know what? You are not the father. Yes! <laughs> Damn it, I told you!
1: It's <laughs> your lying ass! <laughs> <laughs> you and your mama kissed my... I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, character. Uh, I went down a point in character from a six to a five. Um, you know, he's running around like he's been exonerated and he hasn't. I give him a 25. A perfect scoring character. Character.
3: How? Because, as far as, I, as a football player, whether you like it or not, he's one of the greatest. Okay, he's one of the greatest. As far as an off the field, his off the field antics, and as far as his freaky deaky, how he rates off the field, he's one of the greatest. I've read some of these charges against him. Right about now, Deshaun Watson ranks up there with some of the greatest. He rates up there with Rick James, Prince. And Tommy Lee Jones, all rolled into one.
1: Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, he, t- Pamela,
3: Pamela Anderson. Anderson oh, uh. yeah, in other words, it's a story about him in a boat. I don't want to get into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> authenticity, uh, I find him very inauthentic. I'll give him a 10 in authenticity. He's, you know, I, I, I don't know what he's on. I give him a 10 in authenticity. Zero? I, I, I give him a
3: bungholio. He gets a nothing. He gets a zero. First of all, this this is where the problem come in at, because when this guy first came into the league, we he was trying, we was comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. You know, he was one of the young great talents, right? And now that we done looked at what's happening, you said it earlier in your monologue. We might should be comparing him to Ben Roethlisberger.
1: Yeah, <sighs> uh, it factor. You got a bunch of teams pursuing him, so he still got it. Uh, so my it factor has unchanged. He's an 18. I give him a 20
3: You ever heard, man, I got a phrase I say it is what it is because it can't be nothing else Okay, look here man. Look here. He did you see what he posted when he got back you posted it on On your mind like you talked about. What did he say? He said when you stand on the truth The Lord will set you free yeah. Right. Jason, you you, you do understand I, I you you know the the Lord will set you free. But you also know that if you have millions of dollars, you know what else will set you free. Millions of dollars. Cause you can pay off the judge, you can pay off the plaintiffs, and you can play off the lawyers. So yeah, God'll set you free, but so will a million dollars. Let's not act like <laughs> hey man, that dude could have been rookie of the year last year if he had done exactly what you and I said. When this thing first could have been rookie
1: of the year, but I hear well, what you, I'm. Like, excuse me, he
3: could have been MVP last year yeah. if he would have done exactly what you and I said. When this thing first started, settle. Write a check to everybody involved, man. You'd be back playing football.
1: Overall, I got him at a dumpster fire. Still a 33. Uh, Jim, somehow you have him candle lit at 65. He's been exonerated, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he he. The, hey, he, he's like Tamara. He wants freedom. <laughs> He's got it. All right, we'll see you tomorrow.
4: want I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation. We all just want to have freedom. Sitting on the corner, never been alone. I'm breaking my back for freedom. Bless. we are living, get back. We are receiving all the seed when we want to be free. We want freedom. I wanna be. I just want. I wanna be. I just want. I wanna be. I just